0: Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required.
1: Hi, this is Marilyn Ball and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 101.1 FM The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is brought to you by the Asheville Regional Airport. Your trip really shouldn't start with a road trip. Take the easy way out. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. And by Appalachian Realty. Get this. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979, so they know their way around western North Carolina. That's visit appalachianrealty.com. And by Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park, where you can see one of the highest waterfalls east of the Mississippi. Chimney Rock Chimneyrockpark.com. And by Private Italy Tours. You know you want to go to Italy, and 2019 tours are available right now. So just go. That's private-italy.com. And don't forget to visit the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net. And you can sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club to receive the latest in travel news and travel tips. And you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of travel or any past episode with a simple click on speakingoftravel.net on the iHeartRadio app on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel Facebook page that's Speaking of Travel on Facebook, and you'll see beautiful pictures, stories, all kinds of travel tips, and so much more. Well, you know, I've lived here in Western North Carolina for Going on 41 years, and did you know that spending time in nature will improve your brain, reduce your stress, and even keep you fit? I know when I walk through the forest and climb up to a mountain overlook, it really clears my head and... Allows me to reboot. You know, as John Muir said, the clearest way into the universe is through a forest wilderness. Well, my guests today, George and Elizabeth Ellison, have lived in the mountains of western North Carolina, right next to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in the Cherokee Indian Reservation since 1973. So you guys got here a little bit before I did. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you both, George and Elizabeth. Thank you both for being on the show today.
2: Thank you. We're glad to be here. Great, yep, we are
1: awesome. Well, you guys have like the picture perfect backstory. I love. I did a lot of research, George. I've been reading your your writing and your um, your poetry for such a long time, mm-hmm. and um, you're such a wonderful writer. And Elizabeth, your paintings, your artwork are so beautiful. Looking at Appalachia and the Great Smoky Mountains, and it just moves me to think of how you ended up here in western North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I know you were in Mississippi or Missouri. Where were you first?
2: Oh, uh, I was teaching at Mississippi State mm-hmm. in Starfield. And in 73, we decided to break away and do something else out of the academic environment. I wanted to be a full-time writer. And Elizabeth wanted to be what I am. <laughs> I just wanted to
3: paint wherever and live in the country that was that was the number one thing
1: well you didn't go wrong with with where you ended up tell us a little bit about this place where
3: you ended up living and and where you are today Mm -hmm. well uh we found it in bryson city we actually have lived where we live now for since 76 we moved to the area in 73 and we have three kids with I am but we were hiking and down next to the Tuxedo River, and we cut up into the woods, and we thought we were in the park, and all of a sudden we were in this valley, and there was this shack. And there were you looked in the window and water was pouring in the sink and there were religious icons all over the place. And we like, God, we not seen anything like this ever. And so we said, Wonder if we can rent this and um, it at that time was a mile from the nearest people. And so we found out who it belonged to and we talked to um Paul Wiggins and Nellie, about renting it. And they said that they thought, uh, Paul thought, thought that we maybe were going to uh, grow marijuana. And <laughs> we're too old for that. So I'll, that's, that's not our sin. But anyway, he couldn't figure out why we wanted to live there. And he was deaf. And so he um, he was kind of negative, And Nellie said, well, she, she was. She's super. She's dead now, but she's super. She was super, and she said, "I like. I want them to ha- rent, rent it." And so Paul said, "Okay, you can rent the shack for thirty dollars a month, or oh. you can rent the shack oh. and the forty-six plus, plus acres for thirty-five dollars a month." Mm-hmm. And so. <laughs> We went for the $35 a month. And so it has the park on three sides, and uh, we live on Lance Creek, the lower part near the lake. And we rented that house, you know, and every time I'd go to pay the rent, Nellie would say, Are you sure you can afford this? (laughs) And so anyway, when they they died, when Paul died, we continued to rent it from Nellie, and then we and her to George's mom died, and he got a little money, and so— we told Nellie that we were going to look for a place to move into. George wanted me to tower. And uh, so I said, I know we, that you're not going to sell your place, and we couldn't afford it anyway. And so we found a, we found a place. And um, she said, No, I'm not going to sell my place. And then the next time I went by her place, she said, I want you to have that place. So she sold it for the cheapest, the least amount of money that property was selling for and she financed it which was smart in case we couldn't pay it so she would have gotten it back but we got it paid off and we actually bought a three-bedroom cottage from out at fontana village
2: yeah let me tell that part okay you. uh lance holland lance holland who was a publicity director and uh charge of a lot of things at fontana resort uh I called up Lance, and I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm selling houses, George. And I said, "Uh, well, what kind of houses do you have, Lance? He said, well, I've got some good houses, and I've got some not-so-good houses. I said, well, how much are you selling the good houses for? He said, "Uh, $800. I said, well, wait a minute. Let me go talk to my wife. (laughs) At that time, we both had a house. I had my office in her studio, and she said, Oh, wow, said, go tell Lance that it's too much. So I went back and told Lance, and he got a kick out of that. And I did a $200 wildflower program for him. So we may have the last $600 house in Western North Carolina.
1: That is an awesome story, and I'm sure that living there in the forest, I know I lived in the forest for almost 40 years myself, is so inspiring. And, and you were a big fan of Gephardt, is that
2: true? Yeah, I've been working on uh, Horace Gephardt, who uh, wrote a famous book about the area, Out of Southern Highlanders. And uh, that, uh, I was doing research. The University of Tennessee Press was going to reissue his uh, most famous book our Southern Highlanders. And, uh, they were looking for someone to do an introduction for it. And I was at an MLA meeting in Chicago or Detroit or or somewhere, sitting in a room, what what you do after MLA meetings, you go somewhere and and drink bourbon. So we were drinking a little bit, just a a little tip. And there's a guy, a gentleman sitting next to me and, uh, He's, uh some, some way or another, the topic of Keppart came up, and he found out I knew something about it. And he said, well, uh, I'd like for you to write an introduction to our reissue, if we can get the famous permission. So uh, I was researching that introduction, 1976. And uh, at the time we were breaking away, uh, I said, well, why don't we try Western North Carolina?
1: And there you are. There we are. I love it. Well, thank you both, George and Elizabeth. When we come back, I I would love George for you to read some of your stories and some of your poetry, and um, and learn a little bit more about the inspiration that comes from your heart. I I and the birds. We have to talk about the, the birds. birds. Yeah. You bet. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel.
0: With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out.
4: Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The Outcroppings Trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate Stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi, or take the new Skyline Trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit.
1: on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979.
0: Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip.
5: The gravel crunches under your shoes. Steam rises from a cup of fresh Italian café. The light, cool morning air lightly brushes your face. Your villa stands close by. This and so much more awaits you as one of the few lucky travelers to join Private Italy Tours during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. Come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel.
6: Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars
1: I'm here in the studio the with my guests George and Elizabeth Ellison. George is a, a writer and a poet and an educator. Right, yeah, I yeah. would say mm-hmm. Elizabeth is a very well accomplished and well known artist with a studio in Bryson City. Is that right, Elizabeth?
3: A studio gallery, a yes. studio
1: gallery, uh, and beautiful, beautiful work. Okay. And George, I know that a number of your books actually have Elizabeth's artwork on yeah, them. Right, all of them. All of them. Well, there yeah. you go. That's awesome. And you, so we were talking about Horace Gephardt, and you were—that was a big part of your life. Was following in his footsteps yeah, doing research
2: I started with him in 73 uh, when the University of Tennessee Press asked me to introduce uh, Kephart to his famous book *Our Southern Highlanders and uh, I've got a, a poem here that has to do with Kephart and the place where we, we ended up living it's called Permanent Camp because uh, Kephart in one of his books Camping Woodcraft has said there was no such thing as a permanent camp so uh, we set up our home and, and sort of contradict that we but we think we're in a permanent camp and could I read you a poem to please George I'd okay. be honored permanent camp and so I say waving one hand to the far ridge ten cup of beam balancing the other maybe this is what it's come down to what we were maybe even destined for all these years, never even knowing. You grin, lifting your cup. It's burnished dull gray in the evening light. But the next move, I say, and we'll just go on home, over the ridge and into the park, hide out on Peachtree up to Middle Fork, where it's really quiet. And the stones in the creek bed will speak quite clearly, and the wind in the treetops will speak softly to the stones. And without even trying, the water will listen and understand. That's a pretty dream, you say. The pathway descends. Walking sticks prod dry ground. Mimosa blooms unknowingly. Red shack without window glass. Winter in the creek. Your hand catches my arm. Your hand catches my arm. Above lines dated July the 1st, 1976. Scribbled in an all-weather level book. Day after Independence Day, we moved into the shack. Tacked photos of Mr. Ben Lilly, his favorite dog, Tippy. Hans, Sean, Kep and George on the wall. Didn't here going on 36 years now. Raised three children sit by my window most of the time. Ten dogs buried across the creek under piles of stone we call cairns. Rising was my favorite. Several days ago, I asked my wife, if we ought not to start calling our place permanent camp. She grinned, shook her head, and said, that would be a misuse of terms.
1: That is beautiful, George. Thank you so much. Elizabeth, that must really... Just warm your heart, both of you, to to have your craft and your art and your inspiration weaving inside of both of you is really beautiful. Yeah, we've been lucky. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> so, George, tell us about how you, um, how you, and I want to ask you too, Elizabeth, but tell us a little bit about how uh, how a poem begins for you. How do you get that? Beautiful, beautiful writing and, and thought out of you.
2: Well, first of all, uh, writing poetry is a sort of therapy for me. It's a different kind of thing putting together. Mostly it has to do with rhythms, uh, the, the, the spaces and, and stresses. And how um, do I get started the poem? It could be anything something someone said, uh, it could be something I read, a road sign. Um, almost anything in the world you could think of. Music for me, of course, it's natural history, observing that. And uh, I think it helps me get closer to the natural world. world. <coughs> and I hope I'm able to communicate some of that feeling just by the rhythms in the poem. By the way, I like a song. Uh, that's what a poem is, a song. All of our modern-day uh, uh great singers, a great poets. Van Morrison has been a great inspiration for, for me. And uh, uh, so, so uh, different inspirations get, get, get to me. And that's uh, not a very complicated answer, but it's really not a very complicated thing. You just sit down, you start writing, you think you're going somewhere, and you end up somewhere else. And that's the pleasure of it.
1: Well, what about you, Elizabeth? Is it something like that when you sit down and paint one of your beautiful,
3: beautiful pictures? She doesn't sit down. No, you stand up. (laughs) Right, I stand up most of the time. And he said it, you know, uh, lots of times I start painting. I spend most of my time looking at things and absorbing it, not thinking about how, how I would paint it, but just getting a feel for it and then once I and I think about it a lot like sometimes at night sometimes when I'm walking lots when I'm walking but then when I start painting sometimes it does its own thing I get started and it has a mind of its own and it turns out entirely different so um I don't know like I said we've both been lucky and uh and also not really uh caring if we are we want it to reach an audience, but we're doing it for the process. I think I'm doing it for the process, and people say, "How could you sell this?" And I just say, "You know, once I've done it, I've done it." And you know.
2: everything's for sale. What? <laughs> everything's for sale. <laughs> it says
3: everything's
1: everything's for everything. Sale. <laughs> so that's a beautiful process. And, and living in the forest, you know, I was doing a little research, and it sounds like in the early years when you were living up there at the uh, permanent camp uh-huh. uh, you didn't have uh, indoor um, plumbing is that true and and it was pretty rustic water well, from a spring
2: rustic is a mild word for uh. it uh, we, we had running water but you couldn't turn it on and off uh, and we lived in we used an outhouse for some years but it we didn't seem that way to us then uh, we were young and strong and happy and uh that, that was all part of, of living and in, enjoying life. So you Rustic is not quite strong enough word.
1: Not quite strong enough, but truly homesteaders.
2: I don't, That time, there were a lot of homesteaders. We didn't consider ourselves quite a part of that thing. We, we were sort of outgoing, without any agenda. Uh, most of the people going back... Uh, to the earth back that time, had a pretty solid agenda.
1: That's true. That's a good way of looking at it. So when you go out, um, you know, I just have this vision of the two of you and your three little children growing up out there in the forest and just being
2: coupled and hungry.
1: <laughs> oh, no. That's not exactly what I was thinking. But, <laughs> but you did that.
2: We did for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then we, go, we got the house that Lance sold to us for $600. And uh, we felt we were all fixed up. <laughs> you,
1: were, you were all fixed
2: up. Yeah, we were all fixed up.
1: That's so great. Well, I want to talk to you more. Um, George, you've been writing for the uh, Asheville Citizen Times for see, a long time. a long
2: time. I'm one of the oldest there. They don't ever see me because I send all my stuff in. So I make an appearance about every 10 years. And uh, so, yeah, I've been writing the Nature Journal since 76 and uh, did a lot of feature stories uh, for other publications.
1: Right. And we'll talk about those when we come back, too. And I just want to say, you know, I moved here in 1977 and became a a Asheville Citizen Times subscriber back then. And always, to this day, look forward to your to your columns and and your do you do the sketches? Do you do the artwork that's? I love it. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. When we come back from the break, I want to talk a little bit more about about that poetry process and the, the painting process. Because it really, I think, will help so many people just kind of get maybe grounded. So thank you both for being here today. George and Elizabeth Ellison, you're listening to Speaking of Travel.
7: Ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming
4: events. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Are you traveling overseas? Are you visiting a third world country? It is very important to research your potential need for pre-travel health care, which can include special vaccinations or oral medications to prevent illness. There are many provider options for pre-travel health care. If you're traveling to a country with health risks similar to those in the United States, it's a good practice to see your family health care provider to consult about risks and preventive measures that can be taken. Local health departments also sometimes provide travel vaccinations or know which providers in your area give this type of pre-travel care. However, you may need to see a more specific provider, especially if you are visiting a country or several countries with specific health risks or if you have a pre-existing health condition. Take the initiative and talk to your doctor before embarking on big adventures. Of specific note, if your travel plans include visiting countries where yellow fever vaccination is recommended or required, you will need to visit an authorized U.S. yellow fever vaccine center. Thanks for listening to this tip from Asheville Regional Airport. When you fly home, you're home. Any real estate company's success is a reflection
1: of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979.
7: Leave ordinary behind with a visit to Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Surround yourself with breathtaking views of Lake Lure and the Hickory Nut Gorge while enjoying six hiking trails, rock climbing with Fox Mountain Guide instructors, and Animal Discovery Den, unique events, and more. Whether you're new to hiking or a seasoned pro, there's something for everyone at The Rock to plan your next Chimney Rock Adventure visit Chimney Rock to see an online trail map and a listing of the park's upcoming events.
5: Whether your trip to Italy reminds you of days past, a honeymoon, or a long-ago backpacking trip, come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. Picture your own private villa or four-star hotel. Private guides who speak and understand the local culture and days planned for your ease and comfort. This and so much more awaits you during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel.
6: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars.
1: We're here today with Doc Lawrence on the Gourmet Highway, and today Doc is in Little Rock, the state capital of Arkansas. Hey Doc, fill us in on this wonderful town, there's so much going on there.
8: Marilyn I'm here in beautiful Little Rock, Arkansas, the capital of this great state. And I've been here many times before, but each time it had a connection with Bill Clinton, the former president, and yes, kind of a friend of mine. He uh has spent some time with me and I with him, and it's all been centered around events in Little Rock. You know, Bill Clinton was a governor for two terms here, attorney general before then, and his influence here is pervasive. You can't go anywhere without seeing signs of Bill Clinton. For instance, there's the Clinton Presidential Library and the Clinton Foundation here up on the high hill overlooking the beautiful Arkansas River. And the Clinton Foundation has done so much good. Uh, it is uh, it's what I call an Elamontian institution. Money comes in and money goes out to do good. One of the great adjuncts of the Clinton Foundation is the hyper Village. This is what sustainability is all about in the world. This is where livestock, poultry are grown. The techniques of doing that naturally are taken to poor third world countries. And they are taught by people steeped in agriculture here to grow their own, have their own, and not be dependent on just cash, a concept that our forefathers all lived on. Little Rock is an art center. Little Rock is a theater center. Little Rock has some of the best restaurants I've ever been in anywhere in the United States. One of my most precious memories was being here some years ago for the opening ceremonies of the clinton presidential library back then i stayed in the peabody hotel which now is a Marriott, but back then it was the center of life and the rolling stones had rented out cold floors of the peabody and maryland There wasn't a bottle of vodka or a bottle of Jack Daniels in the state of Arkansas after they got through with this place. It was alive. It was kicking. It was fun. It was an American celebration. The Market Street along the river is lined with restaurants, cafes, bars, clubs, and great bookstores and art galleries. The place is alive. One of my favorite hangouts is across the street from the Marriott, and it is the Capitol Hotel. If you want to imagine the old South and its splendor, a place that you would think you'd find in New Orleans in the French Quarter, that's the Capitol Hotel. It's nineteenth century elegance, it's Victorian splendor. And there is a restaurant and a bar in the Capitol Hotel that has no parallel that I'm aware of anywhere. Is that Billy Bob Thornton that just came to the bar? You know, I think it is. This state and this wonderful city uh, signifies all of the excellence of the New South. Uh, but the Old South had native sons that came from here too. Who remembers the name General Douglas MacArthur? Well, this was where he was born. And his childhood home here is a museum. And Douglas MacArthur, for the youngsters, was the supreme commander of the armed forces in the Pacific campaign that won that in World War II. This is an art city. This is a theater city. The Arkansas Repertory Theater is in its 34th season. The Arkansas Symphony and Ballet are among the best in the country. This is about live performances. It's edgy here. It's lyrical here. Uh, Everything here is a, a juxtaposition of old and new. You can have fun here, and you can learn here. That's one of the delights of Little Rock. Marilyn, I'll tell you a secret. A friend of mine took me just the other night to a special place on a hill, and he called it the William Jefferson Clinton Memorial McDonald's. Yes, an ordinary McDonald's, except that's where you could find President Clinton, then Governor Clinton, late at night, hanging out with everybody, having a Big Mac, an order of fries, and a milkshake. And to keep his weight down, they had to bar him from coming to this McDonald's. There's a lot of humor here. There's a lot of seriousness here. But the influence of Bill Clinton is immeasurable I've walked down the street with President Clinton on a special occasion a few years back. Of course, I wasn't the only one walking with him because every building emptied out, every shop emptied out, and he had a throng of thousands following him along, and had to sign autographs and get his picture taken with everybody. But he's a people person, and in many ways he represents the essence of Little Rock. This is a friendly city. It's not all that big. It is a capital city. It's what I call one of the gateways to the American West. You cross over the Arkansas River and things change. It's a different lifestyle. Here, it's still easy. It's a little bit more New Orleans, the Mississippi Delta, than it is Texas. And that's kind of good. I like it here. And I think you'd like it too. Well, Marilyn, it's about time for me to get ready to go to the theater tonight. And I am going to go see stand-up comedy at one of the local venues. And after that, you know, I'm going to find me a good place to get something cold to drink and relax a little bit. Before I leave tomorrow, I think I'll stop by one of the bookstores and get me the new book by Bill Clinton and James Patterson. It's number one on the New York Times bestseller list, so old Bill's still on top of the world. Well, Marilyn, that's about it for now. It's time for Doc to say goodbye to Little Rock, Arkansas, and to head on out in this big, beautiful Southland of ours. So this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball and Speaking of Travel on the Gourmet Highway saying so long, and I hope to see you in your city soon.
1: Wow, I'm going to be heading out there as soon as I can. If you like it, you know i like it. Well, Doc, can't wait to find out where you're going to be next week on the Gourmet Highway. Bye for now. George Ellison, you're here with your wife, Elizabeth. It's so great talking to you. And I want to say we were talking earlier about your writing with the Citizen Times, and um, and you have so many books that you've written and poetry but one thing that just i feel passionate about i know you're passionate about are the birds you living in the forest you must just love to be able to sit and watch the birds tell us a little bit about that
2: well um i, I teach a lot uh, I, I did until recently uh elder hostels when i was teaching people to identify birds and uh, come to know them a little better. And also also always ask the group at the beginning, uh, why are we so attracted to birds? You you try that. Why are you so attracted, Marilyn? They are
1: so free. That, I think, is what attracts me. Mm -hmm. They're so free to just go. And I love that about the birds.
2: Yeah, and... uh, one thing that we also recognize about them is that they can sing. I can't sing a note, so I admire that a great deal in learning how to identify them. But one thing they can do that none of us can do in this room, even you, Randy, uh, they can fly. And the only time I can fly is in my dreams. And... Uh, uh, they just, they just become, become a serious part of our lives. Everywhere we travel, it's supposed to be probably about travel. We uh, take up binoculars and, and bird some along the Texas coast, Arizona, Florida, for, uh, traveling and seeing. If you want to find a lot of new birds, you have to go to a new place.
1: So when you travel, do you travel for—are these just vacations,
3: or do you intentionally go places, George? So uh, well, it's not vacations because we're never on vacation. So, the the birding gives you gives us a focus. So George gets all these books about what birds <laughs> you're going to find find in Colorado say, and so we do research and we go tells you where to go to see these birds and we do it. So it's it's and I usually am painting or you know keeping my journal, and uh, so it's not really vacations. It's just. We go to Colorado to see our son and his family. Uh, But anyway, it's it's part of – it's not work. Our work is fun. That's all we do is work. And it's fun. It sounds
1: awesome. So when we come back from the break, George, if you don't mind, I would love for you to read us another one of your poems. Yes, I'll
2: read read one about Kingfishers.
1: Oh, Kingfishers, the – the beautiful kingfisher birds Mm -hmm. okay that sounds great well George and Elizabeth Ellison thank you so much for being on the show and and I'm looking forward to hearing George's poem about kingfishers we'll be right back
5: the gravel crunches under your shoes steam rises from a cup of fresh Italian cafe The light, cool morning air lightly brushes your face. Your villa stands close by. This and so much more awaits you as one of the few lucky travelers to join Private Italy Tours during one of their unique and intimate small group tours. Come home again to Italy with Private Italy Tours. 2019 dates are now available. Visit private-italy.com. Private Italy Tours is a proud sponsor of Speaking of Travel.
0: Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip.
1: Any real estate company's success is a reflection of its attention and care provided to its clients. Appalachian Realty Associates, are proven to have the best agents around. And if you're looking for a place in Asheville and Western North Carolina, they'll help you find properties as unique as you are. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979.
4: Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park's annual pass holders can look forward to endless adventures. The outcroppings trail to the park's iconic chimney is the ultimate stairmaster. Hike with your kids to Hickory Nut Falls, one of the tallest waterfalls east of the Mississippi, or take the new skyline trail to the top of the mountain. Pass holders are treated to exclusive events as well as special deals at the park and area attractions. Upgrade your day ticket to an annual pass during your visit.
0: With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out.
6: Fly me to the moon, let me play. Among the stars, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. I'm worlds,
1: so really, really happy having George and Elizabeth Ellison here in the studio today. George, you know, I've just been a big fan of yours for a long time, so I feel like I'm something of a maybe a little groupie in a way. Okay.
2: It's good to have a group.
1: I think Just so. Just one. Just one. <laughs> so we were talking. I would love for you to read read the poem about the kingfisher. Okay. One of my favorites.
2: Uh, it's from, uh, Kingfisher, Belted Kingfisher. Uh, a, a dramatic bird to see in the wild. Sounds, uh, when it's flying overhead, it'll sound like it's rattling, a uh, rattling call. And this poem is called uh, Kingfisher's Return. I'll use a little headnote with the poem. It to give its background and set the context. The headnote reads, Belted kingfishes are permanent residents of the southern mountains, wintering along the larger waterways that do not often freeze over. In early spring, they reappear on smaller creeks within individual birding territories. Rising maple hazes tree lines. Catkins pendant over creek, her patch of in and leaf Little. For days now you have been watching and waiting, but not till you are least prepared is she suddenly there, sculling upstream with swift strokes, rattling the morning into being, weeding her territory with sound, painting the air blue-gray and rust-brown, as her kind have, have for so many thousand years. She is beyond all thinking, instinctively keen to a fuller world than you or I could ever hope. But if she should notice, she notices that you scribble the rocky soil. If she should expect, she expects failure of you. For she is the intuitive gardener of those more subtle regions the magic the magic water and the clear flowing air if she ever remembers she remembers the camps laid here so long ago and the darker people who also were in the dirt and also shouted with joy into the sunshine at the glory of those flashing wings that's it it's
1: beautiful it's very moving Thank you for sharing that with us. Elizabeth, let me ask you, when you, um, you know, your poetry, George, is so from your heart and from your sight and your soul, it sounds like to me. Um, And Elizabeth, looking at your artwork gives that same kind of feeling, like just really, it's not, you're not drawing pictures of the trees and the forest you're going deep deep into like something really magical tell us a little about that and also be sure to tell us uh if you would where somebody can come and look at your um
3: your artwork online okay uh i have a website it's a really pretty one i don't do it that's why it's pretty it's Elizabeth com, and also my studio gallery is open to the public and uh One thing I noticed, people who buy my art, a lot of people, well, you know, right? many people, collect it and have quite a number of pieces. And they always tell me that, and people who don't buy it, say that they see the spiritual in my work. And uh, then when we talk, when they talk to me in in the studio, and I'm happy to talk to anybody if they're, you know, Talking about creativity, uh, they want to know they want to know how I make that connection um, and I really don't know I think being being with nature living like we have lived so long, and still just trying to absorb it um, it's there for everyone,
1: and you know Georgie had mentioned this is a travel show, and yet I feel very strongly that going into nature. Even just taking a walk in the in the forest is a travel experience. You're you're travelling down ancient pathways and Mm -hmm. ancient uh, uh, nature. It's it it it, it, in so many ways it's like taking a trip to to Europe or some exotic place just by stepping out into into our we're so fortunate, into our beautiful national
2: forests. Learn to pay close attention. No matter where you are, slow down. Pay attention.
1: Yeah, be awake. Don't walk. Don't
2: walk fast.
1: Well, everything that you're observing that you're able to put into your words, into your poetry, into your artwork is you practice
2: that. Yeah, I think the uh, thing that attracts me the most and gets into the poems more often than not is uh, running water, the creeks that we have, and we have one. Running through our front yard. Um, I've got a, a, a little bit of prose here about magical waters. Can I read that?
1: That would be great, but I want to make sure that we have time to talk about your new project, too. So, okay. why don't you read us a little bit, and then we'll get. I want to move on to what you're doing next. Okay,
2: I can read a little bit. Please. A magical waters. Almost every evening before supper, my wife Elizabeth and I stroll down the pathway below our home. This path leads for almost a mile mile to a little waterfall. We always pause to sit a while on the bench that overlooks the cascade and the swirling pool below. Returning home, we vary the route some by crossing several footbridges that lead into and out of a pasture situated across the creek from the house. These outings only take about half an hour. But we always come back renewed, especially during the winter months. The creek never fails to lift our spirits.
1: Well, that's beautiful. And it's so I, that you're taking a trip every time. Yeah. And it's always different. Mm-hmm. And you learn something and you bring back something new and different. So, George, thank you so much for sharing that. I love it. And I just love having you both here and seeing you together. It's um I don't know, you're almost like fairy tale people in a way, <laughs> like you've
2: come out of the forest.
1: <laughs> so tell us what you're doing now. Give us an idea of what, what's on the agenda for you moving uh, forward.
2: My uh, big thing now is the Great Smoky Mountains, uh, Mountains Association is publishing a, a biography of Horace Kephart. And I'm writing that biography with Janet McHugh who's a librarian at Cornell University. And we're into it now. We've been going at it for ten years. And uh, we're working on the in part now. And cross cross your fingers that it's gonna be okay. Oh the title of it is Back of Beyond.
1: One of Horace Gephardt's famous yeah, it's not
2: famous thing was looking for Back of Beyond where you could find a place like this, find your ancestors that had lived.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to that coming out. That's going to be wonderful. And, you know, Horace Gephardt is a big inspiration for so many. He's an icon for this area. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk just a little bit um Elizabeth, you said your studio is open
3: to the public. Right. So, give us tell us again where your studio is located. I will, but first, uh, that's one project. Oh, yes, and then we're we're working on a project with the uh, History Press. Um, without that's going to be a collection of uh, well, it's going to be poetry, prose, paintings, and photography. It'll be. George, myself, and our daughter Quentin Allison, and uh, it should come out. If it, it should come out next year. We hope.
1: Oh well, I am totally looking forward to that. And you know, I have my own love affair with the History Press, having them so graciously publishing my book, <laughs> Rise of Nashville my yeah. editor was Banks smithers, yeah,
2: Banks, smithers, smithers. great people
1: yeah. they're the best and and look, i'm i was so proud that he felt and they felt the love of this region uh so much so george and elizabeth thank you both for being here on the show time just goes by so fast i'd love to have you on again so i want you to keep doing what you're doing and uh just be you Thank you thank you for having so much oh you bet well listen keep on uh, going out and and having such a great week this week I want you to take a walk in the woods take a walk in the forest just pause and listen and and uh, be awake and pay attention and remember as you go out into the world check out George's writing George Ellison check out Elizabeth's beautiful paintings and remember don't postpone joy